If you have your Bible, open it to John 15, and uh, we're going to get into the Word today, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. John 15, are you there? Awesome. John 15. This is Jesus saying, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. Do you know that if you have sin issues in your life, one way to get cleansed is through the blood the other way is through the word. If you're struggling with guilt and condemnation and, and discouragement and heaviness is on you, just get into the word. His word will cleanse you. His word will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So good, isn't it? He said, you are already clean because of the word I spoke, I have spoken to you. By the time you leave this room today and you're listening to the word, you will go out clean. Absolutely clean. Dry cleaned. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Say much fruit. So will you be my disciples. So I started off by talking about disciples and discipleship. The way you recognize a disciple of Jesus is by fruit. You don't recognize a disciple of Jesus Christ by, by miracle signs and wonders. You recognize a disciple of Jesus Christ by the fruit of the Spirit. That's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Whew! Self-control. Control yourself. My goodness. When we go to a buffet, no control. You want to see whether you have the fruit of the Spirit? Go to a buffet. And stand in front of the food and all the options around you like that. And don't, even when you pay for it, don't take anything. <laughs> Sit down and look at other people eating. <laughs> if you're struggling, listen to me. If you're, if you're fighting, 
you have no self-control. I was setting you up there. If you're trying to, oh, in Jesus' name, I have authority. In Jesus' name, I take authority. No, the food, food, get up. Now, Jesus' name. No temptation, no temptation. No te if you're doing that, you're already struggling. It's called suffering temptation. No, seriously, it's, the, it's a biblical term. You suffer temptation. But in that moment, you can, if you have the fruit of the Spirit in you, self-control, you can look at the food, and the food will not talk to you. Why? It's because the voice of the Lord is much more louder, and it satisfies you more than anything else around you. Are you with me? Are you with me? It's really good. Last week, we spoke about, a, about the glory of God that is within us, and that God desires for us to reveal that glory. There's no condemnation, but there's correction. You truly know where your heart is for God's word because whether there's church or no church, your heart and desire for the word and to be a part of the community shouldn't change. Just because your life coach is not asking you, what did you understand from the word today and this Friday? What did you think about the message? Just because that question is not coming doesn't mean that you shouldn't partake of the word in the middle of the week. The reason why it's on SoundCloud is because it's made available to you. The real buffet is made available for you. So that you can partake of it and you can have your fill. Let me tell you something. If you fill yourself with God every day, you will not be distracted and look for the things of the flesh on the outside of you. The minute you, you reduce God in your life, you will start looking elsewhere. And Jesus here, he's, in this passage, he's really communicating to us that God has a desire for all mankind. Every son and daughter of God, he, his desire for him is that you would manifest something that you experience of him. See, we talk about the manifestation of the glory of God, but the manifest sons are in a position that Jesus is in. Let me explain that to you. We see that Jesus, now I want you to understand that today you have to put the lens of a farmer and an agriculture specialist. Okay? We're going to talk about trees and vine. Anyway, so what Jesus is really trying to, to, trying to communicate to us in this passage is that everyone who abides in Christ, everyone who, uh, who remains in Christ, who remains in Jesus, who, who remains in life union with Jesus, manifests something. And the reason why you manifest something is because Jesus manifests something. Now you need to understand that Jesus is connected to the Father. When Jesus is connected to the Father, he experiences something of the Father. 
He experiences a love. He experiences life. He experiences joy. He experiences peace. He experiences gentleness. He experiences long-suffering. Right? He experiences all of this from the Father, and everyone who is connected to Jesus now begins to experience what Jesus experiences. Come on now. So God's desire, but God's desire is for you to manifest glory. Which means all of creation is waiting for you to experience God. Oh. Because you cannot manifest or reveal something about God that you have not experienced yourself. It's like money in your wallet. You cannot give if there's no money. You can hope all you want. You can jump up and down all you want. You can go to the best restaurants and look at it all you want. But you will not be able to participate if you don't have moolah. Money. Cash in your wallet or card. And God's desire for all mankind is for you to spend your cash. It's to manifest I'm really laying the foundation for what God is going to do through your life. And I'm showing you how he does it. I'm not just telling you. I'm showing you how he does it. Are you with me? God's desire is for you to manifest or reveal or give all of creation an experience that you've had of God yourself. So which means if you've been healed in your body, listen to me very carefully. If you've been healed in your body, it means that Jesus was healed in the body. The Bible says it, by his stripes we are healed. Which means 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus took all sin and sickness on his body and he was healed. Do you understand? So if you are in Christ, you are connected to healing. You are connected to health. Not just when you come to church, but you are connected to Jesus at all times. And unless you experience healing, you will be limited in revealing healing. I'm talking in the context of manifest sons. You are manifesting what you experience of God. When you leave these rooms, your desire should be, man, I want an experience of God. I am hungry to encounter God's presence. I'm hungry to encounter Him in the Word. I'm hungry. I'm not just coming to church to do church. I'm coming to be the church. Do you understand? Why? It's because I need to be the church to other people. Nobody else in this city who is, who is not a Christian, these people don't have what you have. And unless you have a drive to experience God, they will never know God. Come on now. What Jesus experiences of the Father, you experience of Jesus. What you experience of Jesus, your boss in the office can experience of you. Do you understand? 
Your co-workers can experience of you. Your wife and husband at home can experience of you. You cannot be loved by God and not manifest love. You were created for love. But see, Jesus is talking, he's talking about this in context of being connected. Connected to Christ. Connected to the Father. Why? Because he is connected. He's connected to the Father. And he doesn't come and see the Father on Friday. He doesn't get, come and say, Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Once a year. Jesus has been plugged in. Come on. He's been plugged in. There's nothing on earth or in heaven that can separate Jesus from the Father. He is plugged in. And the day you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I've got news for you, man. I've got news that is such good news that you will put off every news channel on your TV and you will look at the news that is so good that you are plugged with Christ. You are plugged into the source of life. You're not just coming and saying, man, let me tell you something. When I preach this message, I am releasing life. And a person who takes it in India, not even here, takes it in India and just says, I release life. People come out of comas. Why? It's because we are connected, connected to Jesus. Man, connected to Jesus. That's so good. We're so good. We know that the church of Jesus Christ is the body of Christ. I'm hoping that you, you travel faster than me in your, in your understanding. We know that the body of Christ, this gathering, this group of people, is the very body that is connected to the source of everything. And when you come into a place like this, when you come into the body like this, you are coming into Christ. Do you understand? We come into Christ physically on a Friday, but spiritually every day we are connected to the very source of life. That's why I can boldly stand up here and say, every single person that is sitting in this room is as powerful as the man in front. Powerful. But Jesus is talking about being connected. It's the place of connection that life flows. It's the place where you are committed. It's the place where you are grounded. It's the place where you are, a f you, it's firm. You are strong in your commitment to the body. It's in that place that God begins to flow. Do you understand? Many people, visitors, come into our church and there are breakthroughs that happen, but they won't sustain the breakthrough if they don't keep coming back to the source. God has designed a place of connection for each one of us to come to. That physically, 
we can receive life. The condition, the context of this entire passage, I am the vine, you are the branches. You can bear fruit only if you are connected to me. It is in the abiding, it is in the connection, it is in the, the, the remaining where in, in life union with Christ that, that life begins to flow. There's something about the place of connection. It's something, it's understanding that the body of Christ has chairs in it. <laughs> See, you're not seeing what I'm saying. The body has chairs. It's something when you leave your house and everything that you're connected to there and make his body a priority. And you come and sit in his body and you sit planted in his chair and you sit planted in his, in his room. You're listening to his worship. You're listening to his heartbeat. You're in the body of Christ. Your roots are getting deeper and deeper as long as you come to the, to the church. Your roots are going deeper and deeper and deeper. And it is the only place that God has designed for life to flow. Listen to me very carefully. You can go from conference to conference to meeting to meeting. When you stay committed to a house, when you stay committed to the body, life will begin to flow. Life will begin to flow. So the context of this really what Jesus is talking about is community. What we, what we all have in common in this room all of us are different skin color, different languages, different styles of dressing, different jobs. Everything in us qualifies us to be separated from one another. But the only thing that unites us, that we all have in common, is Jesus. And so God has designed community to be the vessel through which life flows. So today, the title of my message is Created for Community. We're, remember, we're talking about God's people, right? Yes. Talking about God's people. In John, in the same chapter, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. This is in the NIV version. Verse 2 says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. You know, growing up, when I read that scripture, when I read that little verse, I was taught that bearing fruit, reproducing fruit, is my responsibility. I'm going to go into a very dark place now, okay? So I need your attention. When I was growing up, I was taught by people that to produce the fruit of the Spirit, to produce love. They say, brother, love, love your neighbor. Love everybody, love. And you think love is a decision. And you think that because you decided to love now, fruit comes out. <laughs> And so now, 
when, uh, when we would sit with, with people uh, and we would sit with our parents and, uh, and the pastors and leaders and, and teachers, apostles, prophets, and, and, and all these people who have walked with God before us that we, we look up to, when we sit down with them and we listen to their understanding of this verse, it says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts off. So an entire generation of people grew up, including myself, with the understanding that if I don't bear fruit, God is going to cut me off. If I don't lead worship the right way, the pastor is going to cut me off the team. Huh? If I don't put my tithe in the offering, God is going to cut me off. I'm robbing God. <laughs> no, I don't want to get into offering right now. What happens is when you have, when I, when I had that understanding, I realized that the context of my life was still under the law. Because the law causes you to perform in order to be blessed. Grace tells you that you are blessed so that you can perform. And when growing up, I, I literally lived in fear. I was in fear going to church because I don't know what the pastor is going to say about what I'm wearing. If you wear tight jeans, finished. If you wear a short skirt, done. Hellfire. And if you're seen with a boy on the road, lower than hell. You lie, finished. Seventh hell. Right down there. And so there's these different grading systems that man started putting on people that caused people to perform. And we have Christians who are performing Christians rather than being Christians. See, because you cannot decide to bear fruit. You cannot decide... What God likes and what God doesn't like. I think I'm setting some people free now. And so we have generations of people who are living in fear, who, who are living under condemnation even before they serve, even before they give, even before they do anything. They're living in condemnation. Why? It's because I have nothing to show for it. Let me, let me prove to you that I am worthy of your pleasure. Listen, you know, I've been in the place where, where I've come off the stage in my immaturity and looked to people for feedback. Yeah. Feedback, affirmation. What do you think about uh, worship? Hmm. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What did you think about this? And my joy level My, my pleasure in God was dependent on what they said. Now you know you're living in the law. You can be talking grace, producing law. See, because you're not fully connected to Jesus who has overcome, fulfilled the law. You're connected to a, a 
Jesus in your mindset that is still trying to fulfill the law. Come on now. And so what happens now? You have generations of people who now come into a place saying, we desire excellence. And so they start grading the church. They say, oh, look at your church. No, 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 not good. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. Then you have to dress a certain way. You have to talk a certain way. You have to behave a certain way. And you come into church and you have to be holy. Be holy. Be holy. And if you're not holy, done. They cut you out. How many of you have been cut out? How many of you experienced being cut out in church? Yeah, the issue with this statement is that people, because of a lack of understanding scripture, have caused a generation who were meant to live in grace to live under the law. Are you with me? When you go into the Greek and you read this passage, that word cut off doesn't mean cut off. In the Greek, that, are you listening? Yeah. This is where the cut off thing doesn't work okay, for you. So I'm just setting you free now. That word to, to, be, to cut off is the word ahiro in Greek, which means to lift up. It means to lift up. So if you understand when you come into church and you're not bearing fruit, there is no condemnation. There is no guilt. There is no, nothing in you that is, that is causing you to be separated and causing you to perform in order to receive the blessing. You are already blessed. See, because you need to understand that, that Jesus has fulfilled the law and now you reap the rewards of, of it. And when you come into a place like this where, where people feel cut off from the church, they, they feel cut off from relationships. If you don't behave, Carlos, the way I want you to behave, I'm going to cut you off. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to answer your phone. No, no. <laughs> And so we have groups of people now that look like the same guy, that talk like the same guy, that dress like the same guy. We're producing manly fruit rather than godly fruit. I hope I'm really setting someone free today. This word to mean to be, to, to be, to be cut off means that when you don't bear fruit, God doesn't cut you off from himself. In fact, he lifts you up. He lifts you up. He lifts you up. He lifts up your head. He lifts up your countenance. He is actually good to you when you don't produce fruit. Because you need to understand that Jesus said, every branch in me. He's not talking about every branch in somebody else. He's saying every branch in me that does not bear fruit. The Father lifts up. Why? It's because we think it's our responsibility to produce fruit. It's our responsibility to manifest the glory of God. No, it's not your responsibility. It is His. Come on. It is the responsibility of Jesus to produce 
fruit through you. So what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to be faithful to the connection. We have to be faithful to the connection. Every time we're faithful to the community, now God sees faithfulness. He sees you being plugged in and getting your roots into Christ, into the word. You're applying the word. You're part of life group. You are part of everything that's happening in the church. You are giving your time, your service, your love to the house because you are connected to the body. And when you're connected to the body, now he sees. He'll allow the spirit to flow through Jesus into you. Let me tell you something. If you are used to jumping from church to church, if you're going from here to there, if you're not committed to one place over a period of time, you will not see fruit in your life. Please, there's one thing about being connected to Christ in the spirit and then there's another thing to being connected to Christ the body. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, the Father lifts up. Wow. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't kick you out. He doesn't do anything. He just, not that he doesn't do anything. He does something. He comes to you as a, as a father and he lifts you up. Because you're not meant to live a life low down. You're meant to live a high life. A high life. A high life. I'm prophesying over you. You're meant to live a high life. I declare over you from this day on, if you've ever been downtrodden, if people have stamped over you, you've been, you felt worthless, today, lift up your head, or your gates, and be lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Something about being connected, man. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit. You know, when Jesus was being baptized in the Jordan River, the father, this is even before he began his ministry, even before he went out and healed the sick, even before he did anything, the father spoke his pleasure over him. He says, you are my son. In you, I am well pleased. You are my, you are my beloved son. In you, I am, you need to understand that before the father allowed him to function, he poured out his pleasure on relationship. If you want blessing to flow through your life, if you want the life, the power of God to begin to flow through your life, miracles, signs, wonders, breakthrough, you want to live in this kind of a life, you need to be connected. You need to be connected. You need to be committed. Because it is in that place that you will bear fruit. God is good. God is good. Thank you, Lord. And there's something about this passage that really communicates the heart of the Father to people, to his people. 
When a, you need to understand that when you get saved, before you got saved, there were two trees in the garden. Before you got saved, you were plugged into the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God cut you from that tree and he brought you and he grafted you into Jesus. Do you understand? When you got saved, you were producing, naturally producing death. And now he brought you and he connected you to Jesus. He grafted you into Jesus now. And from this place, you are beginning to start producing life. You want to produce life and life it's in abundance, you are connected to the right tree. Right tree. But the farmer will, when, when, the, when, the, when, the, when the branch is connected to the tree, he doesn't just allow the branch to grow by itself. He doesn't allow, because the, the nature of a grapevine is, it's a creeper. And if you are not connected to a community, if you're not connected to a body, you will be in Christ, but you will not bear fruit. You know why? Because the, the nature of sin, gravity in itself, begins to pull the branch down. You can be connected to Christ. You're connected to the source of life. But the minute you start growing in church, the minute you start growing in your gifting and your ability, now what happens is that, ooh, you start going by yourself. Oh, pastor, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But it's always in the context of the church. Yeah. <laughs> It's always in the context of the kingdom. And people have thought that I don't need accountability. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need to be a part of life group. I don't need to be a part of the church. I can come when I want. I can go when I want. Well, you can go. Well, good for you. How much of fruit is the question? How many people around you know you as a person of love? And so we have Christians now who are growing. And the goodness of the Father is that when he notices that you are going all your own way, instead of going to the ground, he comes and he puts what is called a trellis around you. He comes and puts these wooden sticks with wires on them and he connects all the vines. He connects all the branches. And what he does is he takes you and you're supposed to go down and not bear any fruit. He lifts you up and he puts you on this trellis. He puts you on this trellis. He brings you to a church and he puts this little church around you called Life Church Global and he brings you here and he gives you opportunities to serve in the church. He gives you opportunities to love people. He gives you opportunities to go to life group. He gives you opportunities to have multiple services, multiple meetings, all of these options. He puts this around you so that you can stay lifted up. And when you, when you act like you're not connected to Christ, you choose your sinful nature. And you keep going down, 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 down. And the minute you hit the ground, the, 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 the parasites in the ground, the germs in the ground will start eating of the, of the life juices that flow through the vine. Do you understand what I'm saying? There you, you, you wonder why your money is running out. You wonder why your marriage is broken. You wonder why your, your, your finances, your kids are all over the place. You wonder why I'm coming to church. I'm giving my tithe. I'm doing everything. 
but nothing seems to be working. And the reason why it's not working is because you are doing your own thing instead of being committed to community. See, when, when God the Father spoke his pleasure over Jesus, he spoke his pleasure not over his doing, but his being. He said, you are my son. It was a place of relationship that God released, the Father released his pleasure over. We think that if we come here and we play the guitar really well, or the keyboard really well, or we sing really well, or we do, we praise and we shout and we do all of that, that God will be pleased with my offering. The problem is you're an orphan looking for breadcrumbs that fall from the table. We are, we're like orphans that are sitting at a table while sons are eating. And we're waiting for the breadcrumbs to fall to the ground. Are you with me? See, sons are connected. Sons serve. Sons are part of the body. They are one with the body. They're high and lifted up. You can't talk to sons about low stuff anymore. You can't talk to sons about, oh, brother, you know, the devil is going to come and he's going to come in the night. And if you watch a horror movie, it's going to come in the night. He's going to come in your dreams. He's going to attack you. <laughs> Don't go to the club. Don't do that. You can't talk to sons like that. Sons of God know who they are. Sons of God walk in authority. Sons of God walk into the club and change it into a church. Sons of God come to church and make it into a revival. Come on now. See, the thing about the trellis is that when God the Father the vine dresser comes and he puts this trellis around you. When you start growing into your church, when you start growing in this church, when you start living, being connected to the, to the vine, you allow the, the word of God, the spirit of God, you, you fall in love with the presence of God. Why? Because this community is about the presence of God. It's about the word of God. It's about the people of God. Right? If you make these things your value system in your life, now what begins to happen is all the creepers start creeping together. Have you ever noticed that you're always attracted to people like you? You know why? Because you have things in common. And because you have things in common, now all of you start growing together. Every single person. That's in this room. If you're a newcomer, you, it's time for you to grow into that place of becoming one with the body. But the fact, the thing is God's plan is for you to be one with the body. Not to be by yourself, to be one with the body. And so now you have every single person who's growing. You're creeping into one another. You're filling each other's lives. You're building relationships. You're growing into one another. You're having arguments. You're having fights. But then you're fixing it all together. And then you're, 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 you're going out. You're eating dinner together. You're, you're hanging out in people, each other's homes. And you're, you're talking about Jesus. You're talking about the lost. You're talking. You're filling your mind completely with the value systems of the church. And now what happens is no one is left behind. Let me tell you something. The nature, if you ever saw a cluster of grapes, a cluster of grapes is heavier than the vine. The cluster of grapes is much more bigger than the branch. 
And it is only when you allow yourself to get intertwined into the people in the church, when your life begins to mix with their life, you begin to hang out, you begin to talk, and, and, and what happens is that now each vine that is connected to another vine makes it a stronger vine. Are you getting it? And so now there's this little thing on the top that is now so strong that that's when the roots decide to produce fruit. Come on. Are you with me? I'm going to go so far to be bold enough to say that it's not one person's responsibility to produce fruit. To produce fruit in your life, it requires a community. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you a little more plainly. Your breakthrough in your life did not come because you prayed. Your breakthrough in your life came because your community held you up. Your people stood around you when you should have been having the worst day of your life. People who are having a good day came around you and they held you up and they said, come on, have a better view of your life. This is why we need community. God created us to function in community. God created us to live and have our habitation in community. Man, it takes one branch on a tree. It takes few branches on a tree to produce a cluster of grapes. Let me show you something. Jesus says something in John 15 and verse 12. Just listen to this. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Come on now. We're talking in context of people and community now. He says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, I went into the Greek and I studied what that word laid down means. It means to lay a foundation of success for your friend. And he's saying, don't just lay some foundation. Jesus is saying, there's no greater love than this, that a pastor would use his life as a foundation for you to be successful. That the person sitting next to you in these chairs today would lay down their life. You know that word lay down, it means to lay a, to establish something to establish a foundation that you can be most successful a foundation that you can stand on and say this is a sure foundation why is because i have a relationship with this foundation this foundation is not shaky ground it doesn't matter my friend is constant with me his relationship is always constant my sister is always constant with me she never changes whether there's good season bad season when there's salary in the bank account or not she never changes when her mother's father is living or dead she never he never changes here's what happens you have a sure foundation this is what it means to to lay down your life it's not just go and, and kill and somebody kill you for somebody else it's a privilege if you're a martyr 
in the kingdom of God. But a greater, greater thing than just giving up your life is actually living as a foundation. Living as a foundation. Living as a, as a, as a foundation that says, you can, you can step on my shoulders. I am, I am, I am sure-footed in Jesus. I am connected to Jesus. The pastor and, the, and his wife are connected to Jesus. And everyone who is now connected to them knows that they are a sure foundation. Why? It's because in relationship, I have been connected to them. I have seen them the same in sorrow. I have seen them the same in joy. I've seen them when they've had money, they've remained the same. When they've had nothing, they've remained the same. I've seen my life coach. He's not changed. She's not changed. She's remained the same. Now I have an opportunity to have the most successful life ever. You know why? Because someone is laying down their life for you. Someone, someone is laying down a life. Someone is laying down their life. Everybody thinks it's the pastor's responsibility. It's the life coach's responsibility. But Jesus didn't say that. He said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. In this community, do you have any friends? You know how you have friends? If you have paid a price for them to be successful, that's how you know you have a friend. If you've laid down your life, if you've thought more about them than you do about yourself. What about me? What about me? What about you? If you choose to be a foundation for someone's life, that is the definition of success. Let me share something with you. When we place a high value on God's people, on God's house, you're placing a high value on your breakthrough. All of us want to bear fruit. All of us. And it's God's desire for every single one of us in this room to bear fruit. But not every branch bears fruit in the season. If you look at a, at a tree, some branches bear fruit, some don't. So the, the way you lay down your life for your friend is by saying, even though I'm not bearing fruit in this season, I'm not going to allow you to droop down. I'm going to hold you up. See, if you look at a grape tree, if you look at the, like a vineyard, you always see the, the leaves on the top and the fruit at the bottom. The fruit to grow needs gravity. Let me tell you something. Love is attracted to hate. Holiness is attracted to a place of sin. When we bear fruit in our lives, God is looking for that fruit for the world. 
he's looking to give love into the world he's looking to give joy into the world he's looking to give peace gentleness long suffering he's looking because people he's looking at the tree and he's saying are you going to bear fruit i need you to bear fruit i want you to bear fruit you will bear fruit you know how is because you're connected and when you're not connected to the body the tendency for you is to be a lone ranger Kelsey and I were having this discussion just yesterday and we were like see these people her question was which church does this guy preach in which church does he belong to and i was like he doesn't belong to any church this is like some big guy they're so big that they don't fit in a church and and my concern for people like that is god did not institute itinerant ministry as a as a gift of jesus to the body they are there to equip the saints but they are also there to be a part one community be a part of the community do you know that your best life is lived through a community your greatest breakthrough happens through a community god from the beginning of time he said let us make man in our image and according to our likeness it was a community that really brought creativity manifested creativity on the earth if you think that i want to produce one variety of grapes forget about it the father knows what the world needs community is not an easy place very messy because relationships are messy think about football do you think messi can win the world cup by himself actually he hasn't you know it's surprising when you when you watch the world cup and you see all these guys when they play for the clubs my god they score five goals six goals every game but when it comes to their nation they miss penalties if you know what i'm talking about anybody <laughs> right why 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 do you think why do you think they don't function well huh. they don't know who is playing next to them they don't know who is sitting next to them in church that's why the pastor says go to five people give them a high five and tell them something give them your name introduce yourself hang out after church why is because as a team god has a plan and purpose for this church you know there's a uh, there's a story in the book of genesis uh, chapter 6 about noah and his ark do you, do you know that story yeah. right have you ever tried to imagine what it was like god told noah build an ark and he built it took a long time to build it but in that time god saw faithfulness when the father of the house gives you responsibility it'll take time but in that time relationship is built and faithfulness is seen do you understand and life begins to flow out he he builds the ark and then the lord says rain's going to come in 7 days and so he gets the family and he gets ready gets the ark ready and they get into the ark and then the lord sends animals two by two 
two by two, they come. Every animal that's on the planet, every insect that is on the planet, every bee, every butterfly, every kind of animal was brought into the ark, two by two. There's a, there's a, just a short description of what God did. You need to pay attention to this. It says when the water came and the floods came and the floods arose, the, 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 all the animals and Noah and his family, all of them were in the ark. And it says God preserved the breath of God in the ark. God preserved the breath of life. His breath was preserved in a community. It was in that ark, just imagine, every animal, they don't listen to you. They are not tamed. They just hear God's voice and they got into the ark. But when they got into the ark, it was Noah's responsibility to feed them. And when they fed them, they had to go to the toilet. That's why I'm saying community is a messy place. You are eating the word. You are. And sometimes everybody around you knows. Buddy, it's smelling. Just imagine 40 days, 40 nights. There was one window in the ark. There was no ventilation, no AC. There was no soft sofas and chairs, nice chairs, coffee and tea and biscuits outside. <laughs> Nothing. And you know when it rains in the, in the Middle East, the humidity in the house rises up. Just think of how messy that place is. But it is in that place that God preserved the breath of life. It was in, in community, ladies and gentlemen, in your church. We see things happening around people. We get close to people and we see, oh man, they come to church, they're one color. They go outside church, they're another color. They, they change according to the music of the season. They change according to the, to the temperature in the room. If there's pressure at work, there's pressure in the house. Something is happening. And these people are not who they claim to be. But let me tell you, please listen to me very carefully. Every time truth is revealed, it unveils a side of your human junk that exists on the inside of you. And the deeper the revelation, the deeper the junk, the smellier the junk. But the reason why junk comes out is because not, God's not trying to say judge them according to their junk. He's saying in their low season, can I depend on you to lift them up? 
can I depend on you to hold on to them? In, in the moment where Pastor John is weakest, can his community come around him and lift him up and pray for him and pray for his wife and pray for, when you see weakness in your coaches, in your worship team, in your heads team, when you see weakness, can you just not look at it as something that is disgusting, but look at something that truth is revealing and God is bringing deliverance. Why? Because truth only sets you free truth sets you free and every time truth comes junk is revealed and every time junk is revealed the church has rejected because they see that as fruit they look at people and no 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 this is not Christ Christ glory needs to come out glory Baba for glory to fill you something has to come out Something has to come out for the spirit of God to live on the inside of you. Man, something had to come out. Something, you have to throw out something to, in order to receive him. Listen, community is not, it, 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 it may not be a, a, a good looking place. It's just that truth is setting them free. See, we, we've got to come into a place where we, we really have a value for the community. We have a value for this church. Some of you who are visiting for the last four years, you can continue to visit. Not a problem. <laughs> you can continue to visit. No, no issues. But when fruit comes and the community gets stronger, you will feel left out. And we don't want you to feel left out. We have become professionals <laughs> we, had, we have become professionals at building community on our computer screen. We've become professionals at communicating to people our heart's desires on a text message. I, I prefer Siri reading my message to you than me sitting with you, taking time out of my day, sitting with you, looking into your eyes and telling you about something in you that is not Christ-like. Or looking into your eyes and telling you about something that I love about you. Come on, man. We'd rather, we'd rather hide behind a cell phone than rather look at people. That's not community. It's, it's, it's called convenience. We have community out of convenience rather than community out of relationship. Relationship is hard. It takes time. Yeah. But once it's built, you are unshakable. You are unshakable. God, I'm telling you, in 2019, God is calling this church to become a community that reveals the glory of God. If we are not a community, ladies and gentlemen... If we don't focus on building community, if we don't focus on building relationships with one another, there are days when you will feel left out. There are days when you will have such a downer. You will feel like, man, I am the scum of the earth. It's because you have not made the effort to get plugged into community. If you don't like something about someone, go to them and ask them. Most times it will be your fault. 
<laughs> Most times. Are you okay? Yeah. All is well. <laughs> if you want our church to grow, God is looking for a community of believers that are strong. If he, can, if he can see a community of believers that are strong and bearing fruit, he will add to the church. Amen. When he adds to the church, he adds to the community. He's adding to you. And when new people come into the church, it's not the pastor's responsibility to welcome them into the church. It's yours. Do you understand? Because the minute you welcome a new person into the family, when you, when you see new people, three people will stand up and clap for them. When you, next, next week, it'll change because you have a lot more new people coming, because every time you see a person sitting that's come new to this community, and if you bring them into your community, now your community is strengthened. You become stronger when you welcome a new person. Do you understand? It's not my responsibility to bring people to the church. It's yours. Sorry, it's not my responsibility to bring people to the church. It's his, but it's your responsibility to keep them. Are you with me? Let's stand. You did great.